Hello, welcome to the Let's Talk Sciences Declassified STEM Survival Guide podcast. My name is Audrey. And my name is Ramir. And the goal of this podcast is to talk about the possible career paths one can take in the field of STEM and the challenges one may face in navigating the STEM world. I'd like to welcome everybody to the second episode of our six-part series, The Med Survival Guide. Uh, In this episode, we will be talking about what it's like to prepare for the MMI, which stands for Multiple Mini Interviews. The MMI is an interview format that allows medical schools to assess medical school applicants' competencies, such as oral communication and social skills. So just a disclaimer, the experiences of our guests today are not a reflection of all medical students who get into med school. Everyone has different experiences, and it doesn't mean that you have to follow the exact path our guests took to get accepted into med school. And if you are thinking about applying to the College of Medicine at the University of Manitoba, we did link their program and admission requirements bulletin in the description of the episode for your reference for a more thorough explanation from the College of Medicine at UMF. Our guests today include first-year med students from the College of Medicine at the Rady Faculty of Health Sciences at the University of Manitoba, Sharif and Arjun. Sharif graduated from the University of Manitoba with a four-year biology degree before being a first-year med student at the U of M. He's currently a Let's Talk Science volunteer and we're happy to have him on the team. And Arjun completed a degree in health sciences at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario. He has been a Let's Talk Science volunteer with us at the U of M since September 2020. All right. All right. How is everybody doing? How Welcome. is everybody doing bright early morning today? Great. Well rested and <laughs> well rested. I well feel rested. that, man. Yeah. I would, I would think so, Arjun. I would really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> To start, um, also, I just want to thank you guys for for um, being here with us uh, on our second episode. <clears throat> First off, um, Arjun, so are you originally from Hamilton, Ontario? No, I was uh, born in Winnipeg, grew up in Winnipeg, okay. um, went to high school here, and then I just uh, went over to Ontario to Hamilton just from undergrad. Oh, oh. interesting. So what made you decide to go out of province for undergrad? I think uh, part of it was the program, like the program I went to, I really liked um, on paper and I I really like being there too. And um, so I was uh, looking for opportunity and also I was just looking for opportunities to leave home and like, you know, try new experiences, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Because I was here for 18 years at that point, right? So 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 I guess just a mixture of finding uh, like a, a program that I really liked and just an opportunity to leave home and try new experiences. Oh, nice. You just went by yourself or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my parents came with me to set me up in my like mm-hmm. dorm and everything. But then, yeah, after that, just by myself. So just want to get out of Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> For a little bit anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, you're, you're back. So welcome back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back to yeah. hometown. <laughs> yeah. So um, you also play the violin. Did you play in a band at all? Oh, no, I didn't. No, I, I just played... Um, uh, for myself, just the RCM program, okay. the Royal Conservatory of Music program. So. Oh, wow. So how long have you been playing violin for? Um, I think t- I played actively, I guess, for about 10 years, 10, 11 years. But then when I went to undergrad, I kind of just stopped because, <laughs> uh, you know, school got busy and that type right. of thing. Yeah, so yeah. Stopped my lessons, stopped playing <laughs> pretty much <laughs> a lot. But then hopefully right. 
now that I'm back home and things are settling down, I can get back into it. Nice. Awesome. You, you must be like a guru 10 years. I mean, yeah. Oh no, not really. I just, I mean, I, I think it's relative to, uh, the amount of like, uh, you know, like practice everything put in. Like I, I, I wasn't like, I played quite a bit and I, I just kept, but I just kind of played cause I enjoyed it. You know, just like, uh, I wasn't really trying to like, I you know like grind really hard and, you know, do like, uh, get amazing marks and all the exams. I just kind of played, uh, for fun. And like, I, cause I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. But yeah. Um, Sh- Sharif, uh, you are, you mentioned you're into philosophy and meditation. Tell us a little bit about that. Did you uh, take a course or did you just like philosophy? Just, uh, I'm just a naturally confused child. Like, I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> That's some way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. Because like, you know, you graduate out of high school out of that structure, right? And like, mm-hmm. oh, you've been told to like do something right. with your life. So like, I actually went out of province for the first year of my university too, at least like the first semester through like U of S. Uh, but like, I kind of flip-flopped around between Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Yeah. But like in that journey, it's just like, like, I don't know, like you want to try out as best. Oh no, yeah, I have food ready. Um, <laughs> I have, um, like I give every sort of way of living a try before I like pick one in terms of like a career, right? Like. Like you're born into a certain culture or like a certain set of values doesn't mean you have to stick with it. So like, I just like the freedom that philosophy and like, especially like, like less structured things had to offer me, but like meditation comes, especially when it comes to uh, like reducing like stress. Like that's how I started. Then now it's become like a way of life rising, like a way of understanding the world we're living in. Cause like a lot of the time, a lot of philosophy, okay, this is my last point before I ramble on. <laughs> but uh, a lot of philosophy has to do with words. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. even philosophy states that words are kind of overrated. Some philosophers at least, but like meditation for me and like other ways of being is like a way of understanding the world without words. So without mm-hmm. words and judgments and thoughts. So that's how I would best put it. The difference between the two. Wow. 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 That's it for the episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Great way no, to end absolutely it. Though. Meditation, though, let me tell you, I just started getting into meditation and like every morning it, it works, man. And every time, like, say I, I have a conflict with someone, you know, you'd never want to just talk to them right in the heat of the moment because more likely you're going to saying something you don't mean, right? So I'll try to meditate first and then clear my mind. And it actually works. Like it calms you down. Um, or when I'm trying to study and I can't focus, meditation works. So try it out, our listeners, you know. Um, you also mentioned that you also played a violin. So so how good are you in comparison to Arjun? Like, what you- uh, nah, Arjun, Arjun. He's better than me. Uh, I don't even know that string names i just like played by ear i actually did play in a band for like french horn oh oh cool in high school then i played in Mm -hmm. university as well so french horn is more like instrument and i I have like a guitar back there i don't know if you see it i just i can see that oh you got it on this but you got a 
a music yeah. stand too. Okay. Yeah. No, it's a big place. It's a big place. Um, <laughs> musician, right? It's a guitar there too, right? Yeah, oh. I recently uh, picked up guitar. I mean, I, I played all my life actually, but I just never had one. But yeah. violin is oh, cool. a new thing. I like violin because like you can play whatever you know. Like there's so much freedom in how you yeah. play. Yeah. But I feel like it's it's specific though, and it sounds better in a band. But then. Like like the French horn, for example. But then, I feel like the fr- the horn, any wind instrument, is just exquisite. You know, I, I feel like it's the best sound in the ear. In my like opinion. playing in a band is like one of the most surreal experiences. Like it's like hundred different people coming together at the same spot. Like without you know the without words and misunderstandings. So yeah. like yeah, space. Like it's it's some magical stuff. I'm so glad yeah. you said that. My dad won tickets to like this um, this orchestra, like Winnipeg Orchestra, and it's the first time I like listened to a live like orchestra band, and it the first song finished, and I literally cried because it was just like the feeling of like yeah. everything coming together was yeah. so powerful, um, and it made you think about your life without words, and it's just like. It describes the feeling. It's just amazing, but yeah. Yeah, music. Yeah, music. Yeah. Music is its own language. That's just what I'm exactly. Like and it. yet, it, it has a different meaning for, like everybody can interpret it differently, and then they can sort of express themselves through it. It's it's really great. And yeah. like at the same time, it's the same thing. You know, like it's yeah. different each person. Yeah, it's yeah. the same, same thing. Um, yeah. 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 All right. So we are here for uh, the MMI. So we're going to be interviewing you today. All right. This is like, well, you guys already went to the MMI. But um, so the MMI is uh, supposed to assess the competencies of medical school applicants. Right. Um, so we've been talking about uh, your your hobbies, right? How you play the violin and guitar and music. Would you say that your hobbies uh, or other things that you're into that's outside of academics helped you in a way for the MMI? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a two parts to that. Like one part of it, it's like as in like I'm sure you'll get for sure questions about like how you spend your time. How you, I think especially for one that's like how, how do you de-stress those type of things. I think for me, especially like music is a pure avenue for like to de-stress and hobbies in general. Like it, it can help you answer some questions, but I think also at the same time, um, your hobbies give you certain skills that you can use to apply when interviewing. For example, like I think I don't know, the first thing that comes to mind is just like um, like doing musical performances is one way you face like you face it helps you de-stress, but also helps you face certain stresses like performing in front of other people that type of thing, which obviously is useful when you're interviewing uh, for something important in order to keep calm that type of thing. So. I think it's a, a dual thing that like helps you answer some questions, gives you the content to answer questions, but also gives you some skills that helps you like succeed in a- actually answering those questions as well. Um, yeah, what Arjun said, I'll just give an example of like, I guess like philosophy for me has been like really good for the MMI. Cause like a lot of the MMI is like perspective taking. And like, if you learn how to think outside of your perspective, like that's a huge plus because you could see it from different angles and like philosophy and like just 
extra reading in general really helps because it forces you to get out of your own head and like into other people's heads. And like, you'll be like, oh, I'm just unsure about a lot of things. And that unsureness gives rise to a lot of perspective. So like, if you're like very sure about what you believe in, then you're just gonna constantly think through that perspective. And like hobbies that involve perspective taking, so like philosophy, reading, even like sports. I don't know, like if, if you have the heart for it, like it really helps. I absolutely agree. And uh, yeah. it's, it's interesting how you mentioned uh, reading books. I just started picking up books actually. And for our listeners, the OG listeners, you know, you know, I always be quoting stuff from, from the books I read. Um, there's this book by Joe Navarro. He's like an ex uh, FBI agent, I think. Yeah, ex FBI agent. It's about reading body language. Um, so, can you give me like an example from a book that you have read, um, or maybe a movie you've watched? Uh, Arjun, I'm not sure if you you're into books, but um, something that that you've learned from somewhere um, that helped you out with the MMI as well? Um, yeah, for me, I think before going to MMI, I read a book called Being Mortal. But I, sorry, I can't pronounce the name. So I'm, I'm reading it right it. now. Yeah, that book. Yeah. Um, I read um, that book. And I think, I don't know, like for me, I, I wasn't reading it specifically for the MMI. I was just reading it in general. And I think, but I think it gave me, it's just like, I don't know, for me, it was um just giving me, like, I guess, just giving me some perspective on life type type of thing. I'm not sure. That's the first, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind when you're talking about a book that prepares your MMI because it's a similar area, but I think it just helps. I'm not, I wouldn't say I, I specifically applied any concepts or anything from there in the MMI, but I think for me, it just helped humble me, give me some perspective because he was talking about the, the, the part that I remember like most vividly is he was talking about a specific, about the, um, the situation of geriatrics in North America and how, uh, more and more medical students don't want like are, are, are don't want to go into geriatrics because for for xyz various reasons and but how that's such an important field and how like those um other elder people being neglected etc i think that's the mo- thing that stuck out to me and i think that just gave me some perspective and like how i want to run my practice or how the types of things that i want to do when i go into medicine and i guess i guess it can retract and maybe it did um, I guess give me some perspective and help me in answering some of the questions of the MMI or just give me uh, some train of thought that might have helped me. That's, that's, so that's the first thing that, that comes to mind for me. Um, but to be honest, before that, I really didn't have much time to read books before that. So that was literally the summer before I applied to med. Uh, I started, I, I had a little bit of time, but before that, I, I used to read a lot growing up. Like I read like like six, seven books a month, something like that, like uh, quite a bit in high school. But then I, I just kind of stopped pre-university. <laughs> That's that's impressive, man. Like six to seven books. Oh, right cool. now, I'm like one book per month, but. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have. I would challenge myself to read like, uh, I think I read like twenty books in a year one time or something. That's that's a good amount. Yeah, I think, or I, I don't know yet, but. Mm-hmm. What about you? Who don't yeah, like you? read, like people who don't like to read audiobooks amazing yeah like, i i i tried audible um because like when when i work out or something then i'll just listen to the audiobook but i found that it doesn't it doesn't work for me because because the, the music works better than yeah. the audiobook and then you know when you're lifting something but then actually that's what got me into into the into reading because 
I was I was on my phone quite a lot, and then I read this. <laughs> I thought I was addicted, which I think I I was to be honest. I was addicted to my phone, so I read this book about um, your your phone addiction, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna put the phone down, and then that's when I started picking up books. Books change your life, guys. Uh, but what about yourself, Sharif? Um, did you have any books in mind that? you think helped you in the MMI or maybe your mindset? I don't know. Like I could plug a few podcasts. Oh, that's a good one too. I got yeah. it. It's like, there's a podcast called Philosophize This. Check it out. Awesome. That's I know about awesome. that. I saw that. Yeah. It's, it's very good. It's, um, <clears throat> it'll just help you sort of work out through different sides of the coin, per se. But uh, I guess like the book I would recommend has like a swear in it. So it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving Up. I read that yeah. one. It's, it's yeah. very good. Yeah. It's really good. Well, um, it's, I think it's good for the MMI because it'll give you like a broader perspective on life and like a, a journey into like building compassion for like mm. everyone, regardless of who they are. And also it'll help you like de-stress so that's a big one in the MMI. Like you're going to be stressing out and just going to be wasting time being like, you know, paralyzed by fear. And like, I'm not saying that's particularly a bad thing, but there's ways to address that in a more wise way. Let's say that. Yeah. Like, Cause like we've all gone through it and like, it's all a learning experience. No one like goes in and being like, I know what I'm doing. Like no one's like that. That's so nice. like, it just helps to like listen to other people. That's the biggest tip. I guess like if you can take anything, like try to listen to as m many people as you can, like talk to them. That's, yeah. that's actually, that's actually what I tell myself to do. Like that's kind of my motto. Like I, I talk about, um, I know <clears throat> in the previous uh, episodes or our previous podcasts, we talked a lot about finding a mentor and not always say, that's very useful. And actually that's, I, I feel like uh, I like that way of learning better. Like I like listening to people's stories and stuff because absolutely, even if I haven't been in their shoes, right? Having that uh, conversation with them, uh, not only, you know, connects me with that person, but also it, they're already teaching me without even myself, putting myself in that situation, right? Yeah, you so, definitely gain a new perspective also reading gives you a new perspective what whatever genre it is i read a lot of like fantasy books like ya young adult books like cassandra clare like um city of bones like all those books and like harry potter and like within those stories it weaves different themes and messages um and so that does really develop who you are and your state of mind so yeah and yeah, I, I can that. see how that will definitely help in the yeah, mm -hmm. so. yeah. <clears throat> but um, we've talked a lot about a lot of things so far. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and you know we haven't even really focused on academics that much, right? Right. But, right. But um, so. actually, I think. Do you think that that's you'd say? How helpful do you think it is to? to have those different uh, sides of yourself. So I, I think I mentioned in our previous podcast, um, 
about the the saying "Jack of all trades" is what did I say? Um, a jack of all trades is a master of none, none, but always better than a master of one. Do you guys also believe in that saying, or what? What do you think about that? And you can, if you can, somehow relate it to the MMI as well. I mean, the MMI, like the purpose of the MMI. I guess like MMI likes to find people who are like well-rounded people, you know, who have tried lots of things are diverse, but at the same time, like, I think that they also like to see that, that you have, they also like to see commitment. They also like to see dedication, you know, like, for example, like if, if you, you could be, you could have a lot of different things, but if you've done them all, like, like the few months before the MMI, they're going to be like, okay, this person has done all these things just to tell, show us at the MMI, you know, that type of thing. Like, like they have to say, but if you've done something for like 10, 15 years, you've had the dedication, they're like, wow, this person has been dedicated to this, is something they're really passionate about, that type of thing, right? So I think it's a little bit of both. Like they like to see well-rounded people, but at the same time, you're not at fault for having one thing that you really enjoy, one thing that you're passionate about, especially if you're able to describe that passion to, to them and explain why you're so passionate about it, how it helps you. I think that's just as beneficial. Uh, I think it's an, I think it's either, it's not like, it's not an either or thing. I think it's, it can be both. I, I don't know about, I, I gave it some thought about this one. And like, I think both could work. Like, even if you're like, so this is my opinion, like if you're like only focused on one thing, but I think it all comes down to your mindset, like how you approached it. Like, if you're like, if you like to do a lot of things, you know, travel, volunteer you know just really put yourself out there or if you just let's say if you like to just collect stamps so you each have your own journey and the reasons for you're going to do it but again like i want to come back to this it's your way to apply whatever you learned to like broader perspectives like not just your own like you can't just talk about like if you really if you spend like 10 years 15 years doing like professional sports if you just talk about the perspective of just you in sports, I feel like it'll be like, then it'll show that you're not, you can't like be compassionate or like you can't really empathize. But if you could show that the lessons you learned in sports, so it's like teamwork, uh, communication, if you could apply that to like the questions you're given and like pick specific scenarios from it that are like, that you could explain deeply about like the human condition, you know, like you understand what it means to care for someone, you understand what it means to, you know, like feel pain or like really empathize with someone, then like, I feel like that'll be a strong suit, even though you haven't done a lot of things, but you just like, it's your mindset for me, more or less than like what you've done. But what Arjun said was like, right to like, the more well-rounded you're like, the more likely you're gonna do that. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... It's uh, great to hear that uh, they're looking for well-rounded applicants and not someone who just, you know, stays in one lane and and uh, doesn't want to learn and expand their knowledge. Um, and I think that that's what makes a great doctor as well, uh, wanting to learn and, and be determined and committed to something. Um, so for the MMI, um, when you were preparing for the MMI, what sort of resources did you use to prepare and what advice did you hear from others when you were sort of preparing um, 
for the MMI? So for me, I think the advice I received is the advice I'll pass on now. I think the biggest thing is just practicing with other people. I mean, like that's the biggest thing. I think I don't think there's much else um, that's, oh, I don't think there's anything else that's as um, important. I think there's a, like, for example, like you can, I think it's important for the first thing is just do your research, that type of thing, whatever, whatever that may be, like read a book to get some perspective, do some research on contemporary topics, or right? just read the news, that type of thing, like uh, look, and then just maybe like compile like a document or like compile some, compile the resources in some ways so that you have some kind of thing that you can refer to um, as you're, as you're discussing with other people, questions, that type of thing. And I think after that, the main thing is just discussing with other people about different topics, practicing. There's tons and tons of questions that are online. Uh, so sorry, sorry, one thing between that is just becoming familiar with the MMI, um, uh, MMI organ the organization of it. So it's very different than traditional interviews. So just becoming familiar with that. And then after that, there's just tons and tons of questions online, just taking any of those and just meeting up with one other person or a group of other group of people and just practicing, just uh, uh, spitting off questions at each other one at a time and giving each other feedback. I think that was... That was the best advice I got, and that's the, the thing that was most useful for me. And also, one thing, like, it can be literally anyone. Like, for me, for example, like, I, at McMaster, all of my friends, the University of Manitoba interview was a lot sooner than the McMaster one. So none of my friends were really practicing yet. So I did, I just found some random person on Reddit um, to interview with, and I just met with them on Zoom. And found fact, his name was Arjun, too. Uh, surprisingly, oh, wow. but... Uh, yeah, so we were just practicing together on, and I found him on Reddit. So it can literally be anyone. I wish I got your advice like the first few times I interviewed because I like tried to do it all by myself, but like 100% practice with other people. Like you're just going to learn a lot more, a lot faster. It's not just your experience. You're going to just learn from practicing with each other and that's going to get you so far ahead, like 100%. So, um... Thank you for your responses. Um, for our listeners who are not really sure of like what the MMI is and like, um, could you sort of tell us how it's structured? Yeah, I think, Charlotte, how many stations did we have in order to 12? Yes, I want to say like 11 with the rest. 11, I'm going to quickly note. I think <laughs> for us it was 12, it was, I think it was about 12 stations. And you rotate, you, you start at one station and then you rotate through all of them and you come back to the one that you were, you were at. And then each station has a different question, but it's not just, um, it's not just uh, like verbal, verbally talking about stuff. Sometimes you can get a puzzle to do and then you have to describe what you're doing, why you're doing. Other things that I've seen that we didn't have, but I've seen could be like a, um, like a uh, debate with another applicant. That's another thing that two applicants enter the same room and then you debate a topic. Another one's kind of like a performance type thing. There's an actor in the room. You have to you have to like uh, perform something. So it's a wide variety of different things. I the performance one. I don't, I'm not sure that Manitoba does, but I know for a fact McMaster does that one. Um, so because uh, each each MMI runs slightly differently in terms of the types of questions they ask. But they all have the inherent like same system where you have station that you rotate through. For us, actually, we had a written question where a station was just you get a piece of paper. There's a prompt. You have uh, the time to write. And yeah, so then, and the questions, of course, there's a wide variety of questions like, that challenge you on like a, a variety of contemporary topics, like literally anything you can think of the last, uh, from as simple as like, just like, like well, I think one question is like, how do you de-stress? Like that was like, that's the six simple questions to get to know you. And then the other end of the spectrum is like what Charlotte was talking about, just things to challenge your perspectives. 
on any any type of uh, contemporary topic. Do we do the same MMI? Like, I don't, I don't, I was debate one might have been McMaster because I don't think that one. Oh, we didn't have, I'm just saying, it goes to the type of question that they can't ask. Um, oh, all okay. we had, we had a puzzle, remember? And then we also had a written yeah. question. Um, but they can ask a debate. I'm just Manitoba does do debates, I, I think. I, I read it on one of the, uh, on the website, but the McMaster for a fact does debates for sure. And they also do the, the plate performance type. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, no, Arjun covered it. Like, just brush up on like yourself. I think most of the questions they want you to relate to yourself. So like, no matter what type of station it is, just like, they're not asking you to, they are asking you to solve like moral and ethical situations, but it's not like they don't, they don't know the answer and they're just trying to find out if, find the answer through med students. But like, you know, just, they're all an opportunity to showcase yourself. So like, just tell stories, you know, people love stories. So brush up. Interesting. Interesting. And how much time do you guys get to sort of, is it like two minutes before you can enter the room and answer the question or the challenge you have to do? Yeah. Two minutes. Okay. That must be kind of like stressful having to <laughs> think of something uh, beforehand a short amount of time. Um, yeah. I mean, sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's like, you, like I said, all that research you do is kind of important because it's kind of like you have this pool of knowledge that's within you and then you're just drawing into that pool to as you practice. It's, that's why it's important to like, and at least like a lot of the times if you practice extensively enough, it's reoccurring team, it's reoccurring themes that come up just to ask a little bit differently, right? So it's just drawing into your experiences, drawing into those conversations you had with your peers and then using that then and telling the examiner. Okay, cool. So, um, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. Um, did the pandemic affect how the MMI was conducted for you guys? Because I know my friend, she just uh, she just did her MMI like uh, was it this month or last month, and she had to do it like over like mm -hmm. online. So mm -hmm. did you guys have to do it online or was it in person? Ours was in person. I don't know about Mac. Might have been Mac was canceled last year. Um, they didn't do it, yeah, but because there's a, like I said, like U of M was a lot earlier than everyone else. U of M for us was like in February, but most of the other ones were like end of March, early April type thing. So U of M was able to get off everything uh, normally. Like we had our mock MMI in person, we had our actual MMI in person, everything was normal. But then when uh, like Mac had theirs, it, things happened, like COVID was like just starting, right, full swing, lockdowns were starting. So um, they canceled it last year. I see. I don't know if we held the mock interviews for this year and I don't know if they'll have the same thing next year, but it, the format is different. Like, so watch out for that. I guess like it's not the same as like years past, but if it's in person, I'm sure it'll be the same format. Yeah. I see. All right. I just find that, uh, the play, like, really interesting like that's that's different i thought it was more formal i guess uh our audience might be you know uh, have the same mindset as me because um you know i i yeah i, I just expected it to be like you know really very uh formal and then you're wearing you know a suit and stuff or you know you gotta look you, you gotta look good and then i don't know uh, how how 
what would you say? How do you, how strict or, or formal would you say it is? Or can you, can you, like, how loose can you get? And I'm not sure what I'm trying to ask. I guess, uh, how, yeah, how formal do you think? Is, is it, like, really straightforward or? Like, it is still pretty formal. Like, like, it, like the expectation is that you still, like, or the act, like, incredibly professionally, wear, um, like, your full, like, suit or whatever, like, you wear your full um, professional clothing. Like, all of that is still expected. And I think, like, even, like, it's more of, like, I say play, but it's kind of, like, it's, like, the, the actor's in the room and you're kind of, it's, like, a situational type thing. Like, I, I don't remember exactly, but it's just definitely, like, an actor doing something and you have to respond to that in some way. And I think, like, all your response, like, everything you do will be, is still like it's held to the highest standard held to the highest like professional level so it's still a very formal procedure it's just there are things that they do to make to make it slightly different to like to kind of push you push your boundaries because like like you said like you don't you don't go in expecting that you're going to be debating another applicant right like it's right. like it's just to, to push you a little bit and even like for that debate it's not like a full-on like like you're not you're not going like you're not going hard on each other like it's like it's like a friendly like um like you aren't like you aren't like destroying each other like it's a friendly like the converse it's more of like conversation but like a debate style it's i don't i'm not sure it's full like we are here today to talk it's like a full like um you know like standard professional like parliamentary debate you're just like talking yeah. about another uh, a topic with another applicant just to see different perspectives for like the question about like how formal like it is like in terms of dressing, it's formal. I think like the most professional thing you could do is like organized speech. Like that's like makes you come across as like, like really professional. Like if you're not, you know, talking like, like you, you can't talk like you're just with your friends. Like, cause like, I don't think they're looking for that. It's more like, are you organized in your speech? And like how well you could like show like you still have to show warmth, you know, like the warmth you have in you. It's not like a business setting because it's medicine. It's not a, you know, like Asper yeah. project presentation. It's more of like a, you know, like you're, they're trying to see how you're with patients and colleagues. So like you have to be organized, but you have to like show your compassion and your empathy as well. Um, and I've, I've looked up actually, um, because the MMI is pretty is pretty new, right? It's it's not they didn't have that back in the day. I'm not sure how new it is, like when they started uh, incorporating it. But I just know that like they didn't have that uh, before, right? Uh, and according to McMaster University, uh, so I'm just quoting them here from their website. Uh, the MMI allows applicants multiple opportunities to showcase their skills throughout the interview, unlike the traditional one-on-one -on -one interview. Um, some people, uh, so it's, some people want to, you know, have different reasons to, to go into medicine. Uh, some people might do it for, for money or something like that, or for status or, uh, you know, not necessarily for just not the best intentions. Right. Um, would you say that the MMI is actually a good way to to screen these uh, applicants and to really pinpoint and determine which ones are going to be, you know, potentially better doctors um, than others? Like, how effective do you think the MMI really is? I mean, I think it does a good job in I think in pinpointing which applicants 
like like I think he does a good job pinpointing the inherent values of each of, of the applicants in in terms of the, I don't actually I think it's a hard question I think I want to say it does a, it it does a job it does a good job in saying it's it's, okay, it's all based on what the applicants tell you right so if it's just a it, at least it tells you which applicants in a way know what they're talking about in a sense like but at the same because it's like for example there's a question on on the uh if there's a que- question on the inherent systemic racism that exists in the healthcare system right there there has to be some level of knowledge on the applicant some level of empathy and comp- and like some of the questions will straight up ask you about your empathetic approach or your compassionate approach like in those type of situations like, i think it does a decent job in and in because it's up to the applicant at that point to prove to the examiner that they are empathetic they are compassionate that they actually do know about that there is systemic racism in, um, prevalent in the healthcare system. Like it's up to them to show that they aren't ignorant, that they actually have those qualities. But at the same time, I think that there, there can be situations that, but when those systems perfect, right? There can be times where like someone might be, might can, can be both, right? They can be motivated by status. They can motivate money, but at the same time, they can be like well-read. They can be learned, right? That type of thing. Like I, I think it's hard to, like it's hard to answer that question because of that. But I just think, but I think, that the questions that they present, at least, at the very least, do a good job in saying which applicants, in a way, know what they're talking about, and that they do have, that they can at least express some compassion, some empathy to some to an extent. Like I, I agree with Arjun in terms of like the MMI, like the pros of it, and like I think like the whole medical school process is just how much you want it. Like honestly, it's hard work. Like. It, like you could be a really compassionate person, but if you don't put in the work in, like you might have the purest of intentions, but if you don't put put in the work, like it's hard to get there. Like it's kind of because you have to. Like I think that's what the whole process really measures. Like your actual desire to get into medicine. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Like it's a tough process. Like MCAT. Dude. Yeah. No, I agree, and I think like that's why it's hard because like the people who aren't for whatever the wrong reasons they could be putting in the, the, all the work necessary to get accepted because it's like MMI is, I mean, part of it is asking about your experiences, which that you can't really it's whatever you do, right? But at the same, but a lot of the questions they ask is like essentially seeing how much you know about X, Y, and Z issues and like what your response is to that, and a lot of people like. If you do a if you do your work, you'll know, you'll start to realize the trend and you'll start to realize what they're looking for, right? So that's why it's hard. But at the same time, at the same time, it's really important to they can. It's really easy, not easy, but it's it's easier to see when someone's talking with genuine empathy and compassion, just the way they talk, as opposed to just faking. So that's another thing I like about having like the in-person thing that an MMI offers a one-on-one interviews situational. It really allows you to see that like the genuine response from someone. But um, also, that's bias, right? Like, because you mm-hmm. get multiple shots. Yeah. The, yeah. Sorry, Arjun. Yeah. No, know. no, I forgot what I was going to say anyway. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a hard question to answer. And I think there's pros and cons. I know, yeah. I think, but, um, but it's, it's the system that we have now. So. There's no perfect. Because like, that's how it is. Like, humans yeah. are able to Yeah. And, and I think also that uh, I'm gonna show my philosophy stuff as well. I think there's bias with everyone, to be honest. Yeah. You know, because your your life's it's you you're in a different environment, and your environment that you're in is gonna affect however your habits, right, and how you think. 
And then, you know, and if someone's not from that same environment as you, you're already biased to that, to yourself, because you, you, you know your environment, right? So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that being said, uh, you mentioned how, difficult it is to um, get into med school, the journey, like the amount of work you have to put in. So knowing that, why did you choose to go into medicine? This not the MMI. Arjun, <laughs> 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 no, you go, you go. I got to think about this. Okay, yeah. so for me, it's, um, I don't know, like originally, I think, I mean, I've wanted to go into medicine for a long time. I think like, Originally, like growing up in high school, elementary school, it was mainly kind of like superficial in the sense that I really like I really liked uh, like sciences. Like I just I really like biology. I really like I mean, sciences in general, and I liked it more than math and physics and that type of. I guess I I like the biology, chemistry aspect of science as opposed to like physics and math that type of thing. And I also so was like a little, I did a little bit of volunteering in high school. And I just like I just like helping people in general. So it's kind of like superficial in that sense, but. Um, when I got into second, first year, second year university, I, uh, one of my courses uh, focused a lot about like human-centered design and like needs finding and interview skills and patient-centered design. I, that I really liked that part of. I really, like, I really enjoyed that. I, I found that like it kind of gave me like a purpose or meaning to med school in the sense that I want to go to med school to try and incorporate, try to incorporate the things I learned in terms of like finding the need, specific needs of patients. Um, and in order to like optimize the care they're receiving to the next level. And I think that I, I, I found like I really enjoyed that process. And that's something that I didn't really know existed before. Like, like I didn't even, I didn't think like something like patient centered design, like you could apply engineering design concepts to medicine, that type. I didn't think that was possible before entering that course, but that was the whole premise of the course is to apply like engineering design concepts to try to optimize care for patients. And I really enjoyed that. And I found that that could be, could be cool to apply those concepts if I became a doctor. So I think that was the kind of like an added motivation to me to like, see if I could learn the, you, you use the things that I've learned in my undergrad to try and benefit or try to optimize the care for other people. And that was, I found, I thought that was really cool. And I was like, I think it, it could be, could be like an added motivation or added premise to being a doctor. No, like we actually share a lot in like the first 12, 13 years, like I was like, I hated math. At one point, I'm pretty sure I memorized math, which is like a stupid idea, but you know, I came to Canada and I was like very confused about the words they use for math. So I just memorized things for my exam. But anyways, um, I love biology, chem and physics. And like that probably like set me on like the STEM fields instead of like any other fields. But I know like my passion for medicine actually came from like learning more about like English. Like I hated like literature, like in high school, cause like my English wasn't that good. But once I started getting to like read into like the humanities, like, you know, like uh, sociology, anthropology, like those really spark something. And like the biggest motivator in terms of medicine for me is like suffering. Like if you have an illness, like when you're young, you don't really think about it. But like when something happens to you that's unexpected, like there's like a line drawn between you and like before what you might have considered patients. Like, you know, like there's a line drawn between, it's not, oh, there's a sick person, but you see yourself in that sick person more than you did before. So it's like, 
and at the same time like learning what you learned from the things you've gone through and hoping that you could really incorporate that into your sort of what you do in your life so reducing unnecessary suffering and like for people who are in pain making sense of that pain that's like one of the biggest motivators because like when you're in pain for no reason or you know like that counseling aspect of medicine like i really like i'm inspired by that that's how it's said that's um those are really great answers and um it's great to hear um sort of your uh, intentions in in wanting to go into medicine and um that sort of reflects on um like what kind of doctor you guys want to be in the future so thank you guys for sharing um i just like to go back to uh your experience with the mmi uh so prior to the mmi right you you've done the mcat uh and you know you, you've applied to the medical schools how did it feel when you were just waiting for uh, you know, that call, or I don't know how, if they email you or something, or you get a letter. Um, and how did it feel after, you know, you, you heard that you got an interview? I think it's, of course, it's pretty exciting. I mean, like the wait is, the wait is frustrating. I mean, it's understandable that of course they need time to like process everything like that, but it's, it's from the MMI. I think it's like three months or something. Yeah. About three months. And of course it's, it gets more and more stressful as you get closer to the day. And I think that um, I think it's just a huge, of course, it's incredible. It was incredibly exciting. I don't know for me, like, like I was, uh, yeah, so I was, I was, I was, I was just, I was playing video. I remember I was playing, like, I was just playing video games with my friends and then, um, I got the email and then I was like, like, damn, like, like, I was like, I was just so excited, honestly, like it was, it was a huge relief. I know, of course, it's like, it's just a stressful process, right. Getting to that point. And it's like, everything is like at this point and like, we have to do this all again next year, like that type of thing. So it's really, really huge relief, but it's also incredibly exciting because it's what we've been working for like this whole time, right? So yeah, it was just it was great. <laughs> and yeah, you just, I'm kind of underplaying it, but like <laughs> you just started winning all of the games you were playing. Or like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got hype. Yeah. Wait, so we're talking about like the email to the interview, right? Yeah, to the yeah. interview. If, when oh, you get offered the interview. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, exciting. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought it was the I thought it was the offer like of admission. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> can take us through that too. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking but, about. <laughs> my man. Well, what about when? Go back what about to the MMI. The game, that's the the same sorry for the interview for me. I was in class. I remember like I was. Uh, it was like eight a.m. I was in class, and it was the same thing. Like I had to like stop from like screaming out in class because like it was a small class. There was like fifteen people, so. I had to like yeah I had to, I had to somehow go it was it was a three hour class and I had to somehow go back to like work after it was right at the beginning too so yeah it, oh, it wow. honestly the interview to the email feels like catching a new breath because you know like it's like a new like it's like a second wind to your whole process because you write in the MCAT and you're in class then you need that second wind to be like push you to the end you yeah. <laughs> know. The interview doesn't guarantee anything. So it's more of like a, okay, we're on the right track. Like, yeah, this is it, right? Yeah. Dude, I'm wait, excited. After you got offered the, um, like your offer, your final offer, did you go back to playing video games? Or? I did, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> went after, yeah. <laughs> I told my parents that I'm You back can't to just play quit the game, man. <laughs> You're just yelling from the basement to your parents. I got <laughs> like, oh, <yeah. laughs> Literally. 
I can't pause the game, mom, but I got, I got in. <laughs> exactly. Wait, did you celebrate with your family like afterwards? I mean, a little bit, but it was, it was right in the middle of our first lockdown. So like every literally oh. nothing, like not a single thing was open. Like literally. Right. Right. So yeah. yeah. Well, how that would was- you have celebrated? Yeah. Well, probably just go, go get, I don't go get some dinner, get something to eat, something like that. I'm like, I, I'm not like a huge, like, I, I didn't really like ask for anything. I was just kind of like, okay, I got in type thing. It, it was, it was, of course, it was incredibly exciting, but at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, like, okay, like now what do I need? Like, it's just kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it was incredibly exciting, but at the same thing, I'm not like a huge, like, celebration type guy. Like, you know, I would have just like, 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 a, like, a, like a subtle, like, dinner, like, you know, like, like that type of thing. Kind of like Kobe Bryant, you know, that interview he had in the playoffs. Oh, they asked him. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and he, he was he was asked, Oh, you, you guys are up three and oh or something like that, I think, or three and two or something, and then why why aren't you smiling? He's like, Is is the job done? <laughs> jobs jobs job's not finished. Job's not finished. Is that you? Is that you? <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe like I'm not not the extent of, I wouldn't compare myself to Kobe Bryant. That's like that's, 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 a, that's a big thing, but like I guess to some extent, yeah. What about you, Sheree? I was pretty I was pretty nervous. Like after I got it, like for me it was like like I was shaking. Then I like saw that I got it and I stopped shaking. And I was like, yes. <laughs> that was the extent. Cause I started gardening during COVID and it was like pretty dope. Hmm. That was my celebration. I was nice. uh, spending a lot of time in the yard. Pretty dope. I just got a I just got a plant just now. I just started getting into plants. I have a spider plant. You know, Dude, check it. You got wow. plants right there. There you go. I have a tree. You have a tree. <laughs> but it's, it's it's pretty. It's gotten pretty big. I'm pretty proud. I want to get a I'm plant, just... but I have like two cats and a dog, and they might eat it. So. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Or put it like up here. I put mine like up there. I don't know if you guys can see that. Mm. Cats are plant right there. I'm sorry. I yeah. see you. Yeah, the cats right. are gonna eat it for sure. I, I know they will. <laughs> yeah, I just know it. Do cats eat cactus? Like, I'm not too sure. I mean, I think it would hurt them if they do eat. Cactus. I mean, I wouldn't eat cactus. Yeah. So, <laughs> that is true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know, got that. No, I'm not. You know, but I, yeah. <laughs> so moving All on right. to our next part of the interview is so, just a little thing. You know, we, mm-hmm. me and Audrey have come up with like last what, minute one a.m. last night. You're like, oh, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, we gotta like do the rapid fire question thing because we didn't like yeah. figure out the questions. For, but for our first episode, it was like <laughs> last all minute. of our rapid fire questions so far is just the last, last minute. minute. So. Um, yeah, how are we going to do this? All right. So rapid fire segment. Um, basically, we'll ask you a question. Both of you have a chance to answer and give your answers. You can sort of say why you gave that answer very briefly. Um, but yeah, it's it's very general and uh, it's not anything like medical related where you have to sort of, uh, we're not testing you on anything. <laughs> but um, all right. So our first question is on a scale of one to 10, one being really easy and 10 being extremely difficult, how was the MMI for you? I mean, probably like a seven. 
I'll give it ten. Ten. Oh, difficult. Yeah. Okay. All right. Second question: Do you let your eggs sunny side up or scramble? I don't eat eggs. <laughs> you don't eat eggs. You can't not eat eggs. No. It's funny because I'm vegetarian, but then like because my religion, oh, it's a little more specific. Oh, I so see, I just I, I don't eat eggs. I don't, yeah. Okay. But if you were, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what would you be willing to probably, try? Probably scramble yeah. if I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. Fair. I eat eggs, but I don't know how I make them, so I forget. <laughs> I just don't eat that much eggs. Like it's not okay. like a staple, you know. I see, I see, I see. Okay. Romir, what about you? Oh. Oh me. <laughs> This is also last minute. Why are you yeah. always putting me on the spot? Okay, Sorry. you know yeah. what? You know what? I like sunny side up, and I like, I like it when you it's it's barely it's like between soft boil and hard boil, where you can mm-hmm. like, it it has kind of like a shell, but then you can like stab a fork through it, and then that's when the, the juices come out, right? The, the, the yolk egg, comes out. The yolk, yeah. That's just yeah exquisite. Depends. What about you, Audrey? <laughs> sunny side up egg with garlic fried rice like we have we have this um it's called sinangag it's like a filipino uh, garlic fried rice with fried rice it's just basically fried rice but like garlic is very prominent like that's like main ingredient and then um scrambled eggs with like toast depends and avocado and avocado oh avocado toast so good okay anyways next question Besides the violin, what other instrument would you like to learn how to play? Probably guitar for me. Yeah. I could teach you. I yes, hope. please do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe saxophone. Wow. Or the so drum. I, I would drums. also like to learn a saxophone. This looks cool. Yeah. It's squeaky though. It's too squeaky. It's like, ugh. as oh. as French horns, we we don't like. We have like a superiority complex over the <laughs> Come on, man. You don't do that. saxophone though. You can have those solos go crazy. You know. Yeah. It's, it's egotistic. All saxophone players. Really? <laughs> drums is very interesting. My grandpa um, plays the drums. Like he's a professional jazz drummer. Wow. So, yeah um so he he he's been playing i don't know when he stopped like probably until his when he's like late 70s he still was playing the drums wow yeah and i wish i i um picked it up from him but i i was playing the piano at the time so (laughs) you know i'd like to learn piano i'm actually learning the piano now i have like yeah it's been a while since i played the piano though because it's like undergrad and so busy but i actually also play the drums so i have like a drum set right there i can teach you you can teach me the piano i can yeah my my grandpa can uh show you how to play (laughs) (laughs) no like i know how to play the the drums right oh nice nice yeah so all right next undergrad man just like do like a lot of things that's yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm graduating this year, so I have more free time after I graduate. Maybe I can uh, play an instrument, you know. 
Um, but I sold my piano though, so I need to get anyone. Okay, so <laughs> what instrument are you gonna play, Ami? <laughs> I don't know. Sure, drum set. Maybe, yeah. I mean, my grandpa is living with me, so maybe the I drums. Can. The drums. First of all, percussion. Percussion, I think, I believe, was the very first instrument ever, right? Like, if mm. you look back in time, yeah. like Vikings, for example. Or uh, any other tribe, you know, they they always played some some sort of percussion. So oh, I think cool. it carries music. But anyways, <laughs> next question: uh, If you were in the interview and you were the interviewer, what trait would you look for in your applicant that you're interviewing? A good question. I don't even know if this is rapid fire. Like this takes more time. <laughs> <laughs> it's one trait. One trait. One trait. Yeah. For me, I would say someone who's genuine, like authentic, authenticity. Like I think someone who just, yeah, I'll just stop it. Like genuine authenticity. Yes. Authentically selfless would be the ideal trait. It's a good trait. You know that that's kind of a like dream. Like no one's that. (laughs) (laughs) Not even me. (laughs) Like no one really. Thank you for your answers. Um, next question. What do you wish to specialize in after you graduate from med school? No idea. <laughs> I have no idea yet. <laughs> not, not sure at all. I think like same, like something with, I know all medicine has people, but a lot of like counseling options. Mm, I see. I see. Cool. Okay. What about this? I think it's the last one. What is your dream car? Being card. I do you want me to tell my I actually do have one. Can you go first? I 2017 Honda Accord two door. Oh. Honda Accord two door. Honda. Accord. Okay. I was gonna go with the like, GTR, Nissan GTR or something, but that's yeah, my yeah I was think I was hoping someone <laughs> would say GTR. <laughs> Not, that's um, furious. Yeah. Yeah, you guys you guys seen that, right? You know, yeah. Watch see you again. Anyways, Paul <laughs> Walker, man. Uh, yeah. Mine would be, mine would be a, a Porsche, but like the old Porsche, like the the one the the kind of like a Beetle. Wait, mm-hmm. I think that was a yeah, like the Porsche. I know what you're talking about, like the one yeah. from Cars, the movie, like that one. Yeah, that one, that one, that <laughs> one. And then um, yeah, and then because I play this video game called Need for Speed, and then I. I, I got that car in that game. And then there was this mod where you put the whole engine in, in the back instead of the front. Mm-hmm. And then you have no trunk. So you just expose the whole engine. Mm-hmm. It just looked cool. I but I don't my, think it's something for your car, to be honest. But <laughs> I think my cousin has a, I think it's the MR2 that has the engine in the back. Is it that one? Uh, the... I'm not sure. I forgot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think, yeah, my cousin has that too. It's really interesting. The engines in the back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But also like Lamborghini, like a lot of luxury cars have that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is our rapid fire questions. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on our very last question. We like to ask this um, at the end of each episode for our guests. So do you have any advice for our listeners on how to stay motivated in pursuing their dreams? I think, I think the biggest thing is, uh, and I think one thing that I realized after coming to med school is that there's a lot, there was a lot of time before 
I, I think like in undergrads, I don't know if what other people, for me especially, there was like this huge rush because everyone's applying. You have to get all the ECs on. You have to get this, 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 and this done. It's a mad rush just to like, with the end goal being get to med as soon as possible and get in, right? But then once I get in, like there's people, like a huge, like, a wide distribution like some like some people finish like a full like finish their full undergrad degree went to work uh, for, for years and they're like i don't want to do this anymore and they come like there's so much time and i think the biggest thing is just just keep going like keep keep going like things might not work out the first time or even the second time but it's not a big deal like there's so much time and just keep at it if it's something i think that's something that you really really want to do then just uh, even if, if you fall just get back up type thing you know just just keep just keep plugging in. I'm sure it'll work out eventually. Just, I think the biggest thing is just like understanding if there's no, even if you don't get in, like it's like under, the first thing is understanding, like even if you don't get in, it's not a big deal. Like there's the first time I mean, like you have tons and tons and tons of time to do this. Like there's no rush. And second time, and I think that it's kind of, I don't even need to say it, but like if, if of course it's something that you want to do, then um, just keep plugging out and I guarantee it'll work out eventually. Yeah, like, as a person who tried multiple times, like, it's more of the journey, because, like, even, like, what you think is the destination is not a destination. You know, I don't know if Arjun can attest. It's just that it just keeps going, you know, like, but, uh, yeah, like, that, and, like, fall in love with, like, really pushing your comfort zones. Like, if you find yourself becoming too comfortable with sort of what you're doing or, like, like it's it's good to have a little bit of discomfort in your life and like that could be a huge driver like if you're not so averse to like discomfort because that's like one of the major things like this is life advice like learn to love discomfort like really though like that'll no matter where you go like that'll push you like whether it's to study that extra three hours or like you know like really like restrict yourself and like like not really hating it like that's huge that's like a really like it's a good super bath that's that's really good advice i think at the start of this podcast <laughs> there was some sign of discomfort because this is something i've never done before and um Ramir as well. I, think I, can... I was, I was, I've been wanting to do it, but absolutely yeah. it's the first time. And first our time. first episode in, in the pharmacy podcast actually was yeah. pretty evident. We were like kind of nervous. So yeah. Yeah. And then like the more that we sort of did every episode, I think we improved a lot over, over time. So I can relate that to like when you're working out, right. Uh, I always, I believe in that. I believe that you should never be comfortable with the weight that you're lifting because you're not going to grow from that, right? You have to be uncomfortable, you know, with the weight. It has to be heavy enough for you to get better. Um, but, you know, obviously, you wouldn't want to put yourself in a situation where it's too heavy and you, you sort of hurt yourself, you know. But yeah. what I know is you should never be comfortable at all. There should always be, you know, some sort of discomfort. Like a challenge. Yeah, a yeah. challenge. But... <laughs> The said. feeling is the same, you know, like, like the feeling of discomfort, like the emotional or whatever discomfort, it's all, it's, it doesn't matter what situation it is. It's the same feeling that's coming up. That's like fearful, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, I think really like really deep like dive into that and just like, you could do anything because it's just you limiting it. Right. Yeah. I feel like 
the discomfort and the and the challenge and the obstacles that you face is what's going to make you grow as a person and help you improve and become a better version of yourself. Wow. <laughs> this has been like one of like the deepest and like yeah. like I might even say open, it is. <laughs> like this this I think this is like the longest episode we've talked, is it? <laughs> I think yeah, it, it feels like it, yeah. Um I just want to thank uh, Sharith and Arjun, both of you for taking the time out of your day to uh, talk to us about um, the MMI and also beyond that <laughs> and um, giving your advice and your experiences. I think it'll be very valuable for our listeners. Um, and yeah, uh, we really appreciate um, you having us uh, be a part having being a part of our series. And to our listeners, I just want to thank you all for listening. Um, also just remember to follow us at LTS underscore U of M on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't already, um, just be updated on our upcoming events. Also feel free to follow and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple podcasts, anchor, and more, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're pretty much on there. All right. You guys did a great job. Yeah. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for answering our questions and uh, thinking about them. And they're very thought provoking. All right. Okay. Take care, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Bye. Take care. Take care. On the next next episode. episode. Well, you're not gunning for the 100% anymore because, um, like, grad school is pass or fail. So you're not like trying to like get a hundred percent on everything like you were in undergrad for like uh, getting into med school. A little bit less stress in that aspect. The one thing that I didn't really expect was like just the sheer amount of extracurriculars and like different events that you can attend that are put on that like it's overwhelming. There's no way to participate in every there's interest groups events, there's like different nights, talks, every like almost every night there's something going on over zoom right now but there's so many things to get involved with and yeah it's a lot it's nice though that there's like a lot of options to meet people and learn more outside of like school hours what is your motto you can always sleep later